When you're an American Express Platinum Card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Whether you're shipping 100 packages a month or thousands, ShipStation lets you automate routine shipping tasks and easily handle returns. Manage orders, print labels, compare rates, optimize every shipment, and automate delivery notifications with ShipStation's easy-to-use dashboard. Plus, you can access industry-leading discounted rates from USPS, UPS, DHL, and Global Post, with discounts up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. Over 130,000 companies have grown their e-commerce businesses with ShipStation. And 98% of companies that stick with ShipStation for a year become customers for life. Optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Use promo code WONDERY today at ShipStation.com to sign up for your free 60-day trial. That's ShipStation.com promo code WONDERY. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast. Super quick announcements. Uh, we added a second show at San Diego Comic-Con, Saturday, July 23rd at 11 p.m. Our guests are Kevin Pereira and just added the Rift Tracks guys. Kevin Murphy, Bill Corbett, and Michael J. Nelson will be there, uh, so please come by. Also, there may be some other surprises. Tickets are available, of course, at Nerdist.com. Also, we'll be performing at Just for Laughs Montreal on Friday, July 29th. I think the show's at midnight. It's late, but you can go to hahaha.com to get tickets and info for that uh, also. All right, here we go. The Nerdist Podcast, episode number 108 with Zachary Levi. Now entering Nerdist.com. And he does the whole thing, and he goes to open the bottle, but he had the sparkling water, yeah, so yeah. it got so, and then he, he puts it in his mouth to keep it from fizzing over, and it's just, I was just coughing on fizz, it's, oh god, just I I so re- genius. I gotta rewatch those. I kind of, I watched it really passively. Talking to the microphone. Oh, where are we? Oh yeah, I already started recording. Oh, we're already going? Yeah, that's how it works. That's I, how we I, I just do. started. I just start. I don't care, there's no formal... That's a new one from Sublime with Rome. Now we're sitting here with Zachary <laughs> Levi. Yeah. Met on this Sublime. Those guys are great. <laughs> I hope you bought your cum pants because you're going to need them. <laughs> cum pants. I don't know. I guess those are the They're just cuffed lining of sorts. Would that have a lining? I don't yeah, yeah, it would have a, it would have like a, basically like a cum diaper. Yeah, and they're yeah. cuffed, they're cuffed at the ankle, so it just all, it'll you know. just like, oh, wow. yeah, like fur leggings. I, I always assumed it was like, a, you know, like a maxi pad with wings or something. It like kind that. of, it kind <laughs> of, but the padding is in the front because you're a boy. Well, are you though? Well, but does it does it go straight out now. like that? I mean, I, I, mine kind of hangs down. It would kind of go down into the lower reservoir. Someone, when you're coming. Me, someone <laughs> sent me the worst video I. One of the worst videos I've ever seen. We can't ever show it on Web Soup. Uh, but it, it's a guy with enormous balls, like the size of gourds. Wait a minute. That was me. Oh, yeah. well, when you hear uh, the... Wait, is... Oh, no, okay, continue. 
And it's he it's just it was just the shot of him literally ejaculating for like 45 seconds. It's the what? weirdest Drapping white ropes. <laughs> Dropping white ropes, buddy. Shooting out the pearls. Wait, Going down they, to a visa drop. Was he was it like a draining? What like was he trying to get it them looked, back it, to normal it size? Did, it did look like a draining. That would have made it great if it just cartoon like Tex Avery style, they just shrank <laughs> yeah. back down. Uh, it was a truly, Pan truly, truly a awful. In a vest and a suit with a slide whistle. Doing yeah. audio. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard of bloodletting, but I've never heard of cumletting. Yep. Yeah. There's a there's a video that uh, one of the producers every time they want to show a video that might be a little iffy, they first send them a video of uh, the maggots coming out of the a guy's dick. Uh-huh. And then uh then they go, No, you can't show this. Well, what about this one? They're like, Yeah, that'll be fine. Just not the dick maggot. Oh, that was video. the cum shot from Angel. <laughs> the infamous Angel Vampires have maggots yeah. in their balls. Uh Zachary Levi is here on the podcast. Hello. I'm so excited. I'm glad you're here. It's been a, we've been going back and forth for a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. I think the boy, I think the first time I met you was maybe on a Chelsea taping chelsea lately taping and yeah, then that was years ago years ago and then two years ago at comic-con mm-hmm. i met you uh while hanging out with the delightful allison hayslip who you're also she's with. so delightful she's great i'm so proud of her too man she's been just like kicking it and she's so talented and she you know and she's a hustler like in this town you really got to hustle as you yep. well know and and uh, I remember when she had texted me kind of out of the blue, I don't know, months and months ago. And she's like, do you know anybody? Because, you know, Chuck's on NBC. And she's like, do you know anybody in the world of the, uh, you know, like a reality stuff? Because I'm going in for a meeting, <laughs> which w- then led to being, you know, her gig on The Voice. Right. And um, it's like, I don't know anyone uh, in, in NBC reality programming, uh, but I'll, you know, see what I can do. And then that's she's a like, different, much bigger, more expensive building. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's the, <laughs> the successful script- building. Yeah. <laughs> they keep the scripted programs on the, on the air. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then for her to be like, hey, no worries. I already went in. It went great. And then for her to have the gig on The Voice and, you know, just be killing it. I just, I'm so proud of her, man. She's great. And, and just a delight to hang out with. Yeah. No, she's fun. A constant delight. And a true nerd. I love that. She, yeah, like, she really is. W- to talk video games with anyone, especially a beautiful woman, is quite a delightful experience. She was the one that has, uh, she's turned me on to uh, quite a few cool uh, video gamey things, and I have turned her on to uh, Doctor Who, which has been a big thing. Are you are you a Who fan at all? I, I the, I'm going to lose bad if you're so not. much it's a nerd cred, but no, I have not watched any no, of the other We Doctor have this Who. conversation all the time with Jonah where people are like, I can't believe you haven't seen this thing, and you're like, there's only so many hours in the yeah. day, yeah, and this, I have a job. Yeah, especially... Plus, Oh, yeah. go ahead. No, no, oh, no please, no, Jonah. Like, no, you talk. Yes, you're right. Thank you, guest. Um, <laughs> no, no, because you know the same thing. Like these guys are talking about Doctor Who forever, and I didn't see it. You know, and I'm on the fucking show. Have you, know? you have you <laughs> seen? You're on Doctor Who. No, I'm on this right. show, and like all that, all they did was talk about it. I would just say, ah, I don't want to hear about it because I don't care. Have you seen it now? Yeah, now I'm caught up, and now I'm addicted. Oh, okay. I, I, I was almost waiting for the. Yeah, I've seen it, and I still don't care. Still don't. Still don't. Uh, no, I've heard it's fantastic. People go crazy for it. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, you know. Obviously, when you're you're working and you know you got a lot of things you got to juggle in your day, it's already you have very little time there. And then there's so many options. You know, there's so many yeah. shows on, and there's so many video games to play. And and then the internet is this brave new world of all kinds of things to watch. And you know, the inter what? I'm not familiar with this thing. The you thing speak we're of. on right now. What Chris? is it? Al Gore uh, back in Art Two um, <laughs> created what uh, came to be known. What's going on with the internet too? By the way. 
Has, has any more discussion any gone on with that? I read something about it in Popular Science a year ago, and it was like, Internet 2, the new Internet. I'm like, I don't, I don't even still understand Wait, what Internet 1 is. Net 2.0? Is that different? Well, no, we, the no web, there's like Web 2.0 web 2. is just like uh, the new. thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more of an aesthetic. All right. It's, it's no pop-ups. Yeah. Clean yeah, yeah. UI. Um, everything is a uh, no frame social interface. No, not a ton of animated gifs on the. Uh, on I the love floor. animated gifs. I, I sent you, you one do. today. I know. It was yeah. a, someone animated a gif of me breaking a vase doing uh, extreme office parkour. Oh, nice! I know it was very exciting. I, uh, you, you, your, your email to me. Your subject line said, "You're a gif," and I wanted to write back and go, "And you're a piece of shit." Like I don't know, it just sounded like an insult. It just sounded, sounded like an insult. That seems like overkill to me. I no, think. I would, I would have <laughs> ate that up. You would have graphic interchange format. Oh, that's what GIF stands for. Anyway, whatever, guys. I know acronyms. Um, so tell me about uh, where where are you with Chuck when you go? What's what's going on, Chuck? Uh, Chuck, we will be riding off into the sunset uh, with Chuck this season. It will be the last season, um, much to the chagrin of many people. But I always try to encourage them and say, you know, silver lining is we get closure. We get to say goodbye, you know. Um, I don't have to see any of you again. Uh, (laughs) This has been really miserable. (laughs) This has been an incredibly horrible experience. (laughs) No, man, it's been an awesome journey. And and honestly, you know, one of the coolest things about it has just been uh, how we've seen our fans and how they've interacted with the show and really been our lifeblood, you know, specifically at Comic-Con and where they're so well represented and, um, you know, and fighting for our show every year, we come back by the skin of our teeth and, mm-hmm. and it's, you know, so much of that is due to their passion and their fight and really smartly too, you know, um, obviously fan write-in campaigns and all that, uh, resonate, but they, at the end of the day, I think networks and studios, you know, they have to make, you know, brass tax decisions. It's like this many people watch the show. Therefore we get this much money from advertisers. The show costs this much to make, so we just can't do it. Right. But, um, our fans, I think, going into the third season, uh, I believe it was the third season, you know, our show was on the chopping block yet again. And instead of just doing writing, uh, writing campaign, they went and they patronized a specific sponsor, which was Subway. And they said, let's do this. And it was all like this grassroots online campaign where they went and they, it, was a, it was called the Footlong Finale campaign. So mm-hmm. on uh, the night of the finale or day of the finale, they went and bought, you know, Footlong sandwiches and wrote in on the suggestion cards. I'm buying this because of Chuck. Oh, wow. And I think that, yeah, I mean, therefore right. you're, you're telling people, look, we're willing to spend money. You know, we're willing to actually go after your sponsors and make that make it worth their while to be a part of keeping the show on the air. And and I think that was the smartest fan campaign I had ever seen because it, it, it actually was about that kind of, you know, almighty dollar, which is unfortunate that well, everything five dollars or foot five dollar foot long. <laughs> First of all, guys, eat fresh. Second of all, <laughs> and eat, plug eat the fresh. subway. Um, but at any rate, so it's been an incredible journey with the fans uh, and with our cast and crew. And it's it really will be a bummer to not, you know, get to go to work with them every day. And, uh, it's a really beautiful, uh, group of people, but, um, yeah, like you're I all said, very attractive. We all, very we attractive. All, but see, Let Zach, you. Zach, you know, Zach, I feel like when the show first started kind of a geeky looking guy, you know, say, I feel like Zach's gotten more handsome over the years. Well, it's also part of the characters, uh, arc, right? Thank the, you, Jonah. Yeah. But, uh, I, thank but I, but I, but I don't know. I'm like, Zach, I, I really feel like, I feel like you could satisfy that slot that Hollywood keeps trying to force Ryan Reynolds into. <laughs> <laughs> Hollywood is convicted. You mean Scarlett Johansson? No! no! <laughs> but, 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 but. Um, 
listen. Uh, no, I don't know, man. I uh, who is a who? I'm, I'm sure Ryan Reynolds is a very nice guy, but it is clear at some point in Hollywood, the Hollywood machine said, "God damn it, we are going to make you famous." <laughs> I don't care how many times. Yeah. People don't go to see these movies. I, I like to, to think every time they put, uh, you know, chunky frame glasses on them that they just break. Nothing happens. Not like his face breaks. It's just they don't work on them. They just fall <laughs> off. He's like, I don't know. I can't do it. Can't do it. Too handsome. He, he, too handsome. He, he's far too handsome. Yeah. He's an incredible. There was like an Entertainment Weekly or I can't remember. what It was some magazine. I think it was an Entertainment Weekly where he was like totally... Bare ch- he was wearing like swim trunks and like water wings and had like a, a snorkel or something on. I don't know. It, and as a totally 100%, you know, I can vouch for my heterosexuality as a man. Uh, I walked by some newsstand at an airport and I, and I, and I literally did a double take and I, I looked yeah. at it and I go, I hate you. I yeah. hate your your chromosomes. I but, hate but your But what was so funny brain. about it was that, that that an article, I think he said something to the effect of like, I don't get the whole me being a sex symbol thing. Like, you, well, you're fucking standing in a shower with an eight pack. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I feel he's got pretty good chops, though, as far as uh, comedically. No, no, he's a he's a totally funny yeah, yeah. dude. No, he's he's, he's, he's just a talented. A full, he's the full package. That he, one isn't he? He's just so good. Okay, guys, he's a triple threat. Guys, let's just make this the Ryan Reynolds hour. I would like <laughs> to make a proposal to him. The Ryan Reynolds hour, starring Zach, Zach Levi and Chris Hardwick. I'm telling you, we could do it. What was Ry Ry doing this week? Why well, he was spotted somewhere, Ray Ray. and we all have to kind of talk in hush whispers like yeah. this. <laughs> he was spotted outside of a. Ri- oh, what was that character on SNL? Who's <laughs> the guy who's always doing the whole thing about the clothes? Like, oh no, that's a uh, Mad TV. No, 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 no. It's uh, oh, I totally can't remember. Anyway, now blown the joke. What were we talking about? Ryan Reynolds he was spotted outside <laughs> of a. It doesn't matter. No, he's a, he's a talented dude. Ryan and, and, look, and, and he's worked hard too. I mean, that guy was like on. He he was doing like a Canadian soap opera when he was sixteen. Like he's you know he's been doing it a long he's had time. Had a hard hard life. I'm telling you, <laughs> television in Canada? Are you crazy? <laughs> no, he's a stunning individual and uh, and and funny. And uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just I just hope that he finds the right role that makes people kind of go like, ah, oh, okay, you know. So like, not the Green Lantern. Maybe not the. Okay. You know, the Green Lantern wasn't his fault. No, Green, he didn't that's make true. the Green Lantern. He was just in it. Like, yeah, like the crappy CG and everything else that happened around that movie had nothing to do with Ryan he Reynolds. He was great in Wolverine. He, he was really great in Wolverine. Oh, dude, but I, I, oh, God, it just bummed me out. I was like, Deadpool's one of my favorite characters in the Marvel Universe. Actually, maybe my favorite villain. And I, it, watching that movie unravel and like seeing, I was like, what? What? Deadpool doesn't do any of these things. He doesn't have katanas that come out of his arms. Yeah. First of all, he'd never be able to bend his goddamn elbows if he had full katanas <laughs> yeah. in his arm. He'd just be stiff arm the whole time. Yeah. Did anyone even stop to consider? No. What would happen it's if katanas ma- it's, were in your it's, arms? It's malleable adamantium, Chris. Oh, okay, it's gotcha. malleable. Oh, God, I totally forgot about that. The same way that if someone injects adamantium onto your skeleton, uh, knives form in your hands. No, they covered the bones that were already there. Those were knobby. <laughs> Those were Nobby, but it just kind of compressed them. They could have cut it down. They could not have, and they, they did not if you watched the movie. Guys, guys, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds back was spotted Ryan. outside of... Oh, my God. What are we doing still here? Why are we still here, Zach? <laughs> I'm not, I don't know. I had to go back. It, it's in threes, Chris. It's in threes. I'm going to bring it back one more time one more later time. on. It won't, it won't make any sense. Wait yeah. for a callback. Oh, oh, Ryan uh, Reynolds uh, callback. The third one is a callback that'll make it the best. Uh, <laughs> that's what that's that would should be the opening of the Ryan Reynolds hour yeah, yeah. with Chris Hardwick as I really mean. <laughs> it's a callback. <clears throat> but, Ryan um, Reynolds. Going back to because I tangent. Uh, going back to uh, Chuck. Go, uh, we yeah. we go back to work July twenty seventh and we do thirteen episodes as it is right now. We'll do thirteen episodes 
Um, and, you know, look, there's always that crazy possibility that they order more. But they did, you know, NBC moved us to Friday nights uh, mm-hmm. from our Monday night slot. Um, and we were getting pummeled on Mondays anyway. I mean, there's so much competition there. But we held our own and we, we did okay. And uh, But I think going to Friday nights, I, I think it's really just kind of like it's, you know, it's to pasture. It's like, yeah. you know, we're going to be there. We're going we're gonna to wrap up our storyline and our characters and relationships and, and really give closure for the fans and closure for us. And, and then, you know, and then, and then we'll make like our... Uh, We'll make our Serenity or something. We'll go yeah, make our Chuck yeah, yeah. movie, you know, in a couple of years. I don't know. I've been on shows like that before where it's just like it's getting to the end and they just kind of move it farther and farther. And all of a sudden they're like, you're on Tuesday. And you're like, what day of the week is that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, oh, no. Once you figure that out, let us know. We'll Wouldn't you, you like then. to know? But you know what? Yes, I do. It's so hard to even get a network show on the air, much less have one stay on the air and then have the fans demand that it stay on the yeah, air. And so yeah. I feel like. You know, it's it's been an amazing thing that you guys have done. Uh, and I feel like I may have... I interviewed Yvonne Strahovski once. Mm-hmm. Did I say her name properly? You did. And uh, I think I scared her a little bit. I think I think I scared her a little bit. Did you stick your tongue out? No. Did you make any kind of like, uh, you know, sexual innuendos or anything like that? I did say... You should have. Have you ever seen a one-eared elephant? I pulled my dick and one ball out. No, why why did you think you freaked her out? Because I was interviewing her for... I was guest hosting Attack of the Show, and she did a voice for for this video game. Mass Effect. Mass Effect, yes. And so there was kind of a sex scene. Did a voice for this video game? Give me a break. Okay, okay, okay. okay, okay, Do I look like Ryan Reynolds to you? (laughs) Bada-bing! So, yeah, so she did Mass Effect, and then she... uh, and I don't know. I, I I was trying to make jokes about the CG version of her. Oh sure. And and it just you know sometimes as a comic you you start going down a path and you and you getting all these warning signs and turning of like you know I wouldn't you know like you have you have sensors yeah you have very finely tuned spidey senses because mm-hmm. you're just used to performing in front of people. I was like, no, don't go, don't go on this path. And I, for some reason, that made me go down the path harder. Mm. And her reaction, she didn't really play along. It was just more like what. And I'm like, no, this did not. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Let me dig deeper. Yes, I Let's like, go. Right, can you give me that shovel? I'm just using a trowel now. I really want to make sure to get down to where the real awkwardness lives. Yes. But she was very gracious and very kind. And I, it's one of those things that I always felt bad about. Oh, I'm sure. She talks about it, right? I'm sure she's listening right now and <laughs> is laughing. Oh, that Chris Hardwick. Uh, that wasn't even Australian. Um, no, she, she, she turned she, it on because she's, we call it Ryan Reynolds Hour. That's what's it? Yeah, exactly. She's like, what's going on there? I want to listen to that. Oh, she's I don't know. What's going on? Is that Rye Rye there? Rye Rye's in there. Uh, No, she's lovely, man. I I think that she, uh, I I think that, you know, perhaps, (laughs) perhaps there was an element of her maybe not getting the joke as you were diving into it. But other than that. Because it wasn't funny. That was the problem. Well, see, you should have just started with that. (laughs) So the thing was, it wasn't actually funny. I was not being funny. But then I was surprised that she didn't laugh. Hmm. You know what's still funny to me is that you would think. I've worked with a ton of attractive girls in in my life, and Thank I, and you. yet still, you're welcome, <laughs> Jonah and Matt, uh, uh, and and yet I still get uncomfortable around like because there you know there are attractive girls in life, but obviously television and film will sort of hand pick the literally the people that you look at and you go you're not human yeah. Yeah, you're we were created in a lab. Yeah, and for some reason, I still have this little boy nerd thing inside of me that just gets nervous around. Oh, dude, I totally hear you. <laughs> yeah, I met. I I was at some party and uh, uh, Sofia Vergara was there, and uh, I. But do you guys watch Modern Family at all? Yeah. It's just so funny. It's so good, yeah. and and I and I think everyone everyone is incredible on the show. 
Um, and, and especially, or maybe not especially, but including for sure, Sophia, where, you know, when I had first heard about her, I was like, oh, you know, it's this beautiful, you know, Latin actress who has a big following where she's from. And now she's, you know, doing Hollywood. And I thought that, you know, that was kind of her whole thing. She was just like a really beautiful woman. And then watching Modern Family, I realized, oh, my God, she's incredibly funny, too. Like, she's got a really good comedic you know, yeah. uh, bone in her. And so I, I see her at, at this party or I think actually somebody had introduced me to her. And I was so freaking nervous. And, and, it, and part of it, I think, was because of just how ridiculously beautiful she is, but also because she is funny. It's not like, she's not like some checked out, like, oh, I'm really beautiful and that's it. It's like she actually, you know, is having a conversation and saying things. And I'm like, yeah. did you offer to put another comedic bone in her? Come on, you guys. Listen. Someone had to say it. Listen. Someone had to say it. I thought it and let it go. We should have just yeah. harmonized right there. Say it. That was pretty good. I felt the good Zach about that. Tones. <laughs> uh, we, I don't, this is kind of a fun name droppy thing. I saw you at the uh, season finale of SNL. Yeah, buddy. We were, we, we, because I've never, I'd never been. And so I was in New York for that. And then I went. Isn't that just incredible though? Like it, not only is it incredible, but the, but. I was a little starstruck by some of the people Dude, I'm telling that you. were there. Yeah, I mean, almost no matter how long you work in this town, I think is as long as you always kind of, you know, have a healthy idea of who you are and what you do and how blessed we are to even be able to, you know, be here talking in the E-building on, you know, microphones that aren't ours or whatever. Then when you go to something like that, you go, oh, my God, like I watch these people. I watch them on yeah. SNL. Like Kristen Wiig is a revelation. That chick is so funny. And she's one of the sweetest people I've ever met in my life, too. Like it's it's a really amazing dynamic. And then you see all the other people that maybe not aren't even on SNL that, you know, Sudeikis and all those guys are all incredibly fantastic. Is and so great. So great. And so nice. He's incredibly nice, too. Yeah. yeah. And I think think a lot of really talented people you know they they get that that you know it's like they they they're talented and they're and they get to you know show that talent to the masses and people appreciate it but it doesn't make them you know idiots it doesn't make them totally checked out and like oh yeah yeah i'm honest and now what about it <laughs> yeah. you know it's like no it's it's a really cool experience and then there's all the other people like i you know ran into my uh, to my buddy zach quinto he happened to be there that night and got to catch up with him and um it's just a really surreal experience isn't it like the whole after party and everything and it's the finale hey, Everything was crazy. There were so many insanely famous people in the green room, like like Sasha Baron Cohen was in there. Like just yeah. they just look around. And then I turned to my buddy Mike Furman, who was with me, and we were both like, "This is so surreal. This yeah. is so surreal." I was so glad you were there because it made me feel like, "Oh, okay. I feel like it's okay for me to be here." Oh, whoa, whoa! I saw what the hell there. is that supposed to mean? Because <laughs> oh, wait, what's that? Supposed there were so to many huge. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant so many huge celebrities. Okay, I get I'm glad you, Zach was there. I get it. I get no, it. No, no, no. No, I no. meant that I knew someone there. Like it made me feel like, okay, I feel a little more comfortable. And Mike goes, "I wouldn't be surprised who fucking ran in the room at this point." And two minutes later, Chris Rock runs in and goes, "Have you guys seen Bob Odenkirk?" Hallway. <laughs> Again, I just I felt like I don't why I don't belong in this room. Oh no, dude! Right back at you. I I was stoked when you guys walked in because I, I but up to that point I was sitting there kind of by myself and I had just gone on vacation and I I had like a mohawk and a beard and it, some of the people that I actually knew or like worked for NBC that I've known through there were seeing me like who's this hobo in the green room? What's going on? <laughs> I was like, why is he asking for cans? How'd you get in here? You got a dollar. You got a dollar. <laughs> and then just trying not to. Like a real punk with a mohawk asking for money. Yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to get my indie rock career going. <laughs> I was trying to be super still. Like, maybe no, maybe I won't. Like, I was always worried that I'm going to knock something over and yeah. then draw yeah. attention. Yeah, yeah. 
It's also a weird kind of tension in that room, too, because, you know, like you're watching the show on a television, but it's going on behind us live, you know, on the stage and you and you're watching the sketches and, you know, you you don't know, like, I mean, you know, what's funny, you laugh at what's funny and then it'll come to a commercial break. And then there's just like this really awkward, remember that like dead silence and everyone just yeah. kind of stands there. And then the people who are really powerful and know each other, they kind of go into these little side conversations and I would kind of look over at, at Chris and be like, so, here we, <laughs> so here we are. Like, like, I wonder when here it got silent, TV, I wanted huh? to just, uh, I want to just go, hey, Olivia Wilde. <laughs> she was just, she was over in the corner with Mila Kunis. Yeah. yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Yeah. It's a totally weird, weird world, but, uh, it's like the laugh Olympics of celebrities, just like all of these different people. You're like, you know, that person. Yeah. yeah. And you guys know each other. The one time I went to an SNL after party, I ended up just, uh, I was, a. Uh, just I didn't really know anybody. I kind of knew Bill Hader, you know, just a couple people, yeah, some yeah. writers. And I was just like, I don't know where to go. This is a fancy restaurant. And then I sat at the bar of the restaurant, and then like I just started talking to a guy, and it was like uh, just the roadie for Spoon. I was like, of course, this is the guy that I make books <laughs> with. It's just spoon. like the, just That's the pretty guy. awesome, though. Yeah, no, it was great. Uh, hasn't like, everybody met the roadie for Spoon? Everyone's had the roadie for Spoon. <laughs> what the uh, what? But yeah, we just like we just like talked for the rest of the night. Like, yeah, this is crazy, huh? Anyway, so we're, you, I love I do love Spoon. Yeah, they're great. I saw them play at I play at uh, Avalon a few years ago with uh, a great band called the Clientele. Oh, for yeah, them. The clientele. The clientele. I used to call them the clientele until I <laughs> until, until, I, until I heard <laughs> until I heard uh, Nick Harcourt interviewing them once. The clientele, yeah. Yeah, but he just tries to make things sound fancier. That Nick Harcourt. I guess he does. I just want to imagine a scenario where you were talking to somebody about music you liked, and like, yeah, I, have you heard the clientele? And out of nowhere, they just smack you ah, across the face. I'm sorry, short eye. I'm in short eye. Clientele. Clientele. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was that was an insane. I I love that. I still get nervous around. Like I, I, it just makes me feel nerdy. I get nervous around famous people. I just do. I, well, doesn't I, it make you feel real and grounded too? A little bit. Like I'm, you're I, still. I feel like, like a lot of things in my life make me feel grounded. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like there are a lot of external forces that make me feel grounded. But it, but by the it, way, the rents do. Oh shit! Yeah. I'm, I swear to God, I have it. No, I'm just waiting don't. for a check. No. My boss Ted G4 uh, <laughs> said he, the the rent's coming. Just slide it under the door oh, if you fuck. could. It's like 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 uh, like Peter Parker's Russian landlord. Like every time he comes home, rent <laughs> in the in the Spider Man two. Um, but uh, I you know, I know you're doing Nerd HQ at Comic Con. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about nerd, the the sort of the con within the con. The con, yeah, the con within the con within the con. It's with, actually yeah. it's it's, it's, it's Ocean's Inception deep. It's it's like Ocean's Twelve. Wow. Yes. So every, and I would be Andy Garcia. Fantastic. It's no. If you spend ten years in Nerd HQ, it's only about five minutes in in the real world. In, the, in this <laughs> real world, exactly. Um, so yeah, dude. I don't know. I mean, like you know, we kind of we've talked about Comic Con a lot. I've talked to you about the, yeah. the HQ before, but I just I don't know, man. I just, I love the world. I love the whole world of Comic Con. I'm I'm a nerd myself, specifically about video games and technology. Like those are my two biggest things that I just nerd out about. If I get on a plane, I'm buying Popular Science and Xbox Magazine. I want to know where the world is going in those directions. You know, <laughs> sure. Um, and so you know, and our fans have been so cool down at Comic Con for so many years. And uh, but there's a few things that have that have always kind of you know I don't know like I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel in any way but I I, I just kind of want to try and do things with a little bit of a different spin or a different take or uh, whatever and like you know we'll we'll go and do our panels for example and um, 
you know, and the panels are awesome. And there's like, you know, the first year we had a couple thousand people and they were super, the show had not even been on the air at that point. They played the pilot and, and we got a standing ovation. I was like, oh, I can't be care. I felt like Sally Field, you know. And But of course I realized that everyone in that audience was there primarily because of Adam Baldwin and Firefly and, you know, and the Whedonites who are just incredible and they will follow you for the, you know, your the Brown coats. entirety. It, totally, man. Just incredible. So, uh, and then the years built and we got to do it like in a bigger hall. And, you know, we had like, I don't know, last year we had about 6,000 people or something like that. And you feel like a beetle at Shea Stadium. I mean, it's like, that's the kind of, you know, when you're on a, a nerd kind of relevant show or programming and they're there and they're cheering, it's, it's incredible. It must, but, it must be like what it feels like to be Larry the Cable Guy and performing for a bunch of racists. <laughs> <That's true>. Oh, oh <laughs> come on. He's a nice guy. Oh, I know. He's nice. Jeez. His fans. They're he's not. not talking about his yeah. fans. Yeah. Okay, okay. I change Chris it. Chris Wait, let me change it. Larry the Cable Guy. Alienation Hour. You know what? I'll tell you yeah. what. I'll tell you what. Because I, I do know that, that, that Larry the Cable Guy does stay hours after shows and sign autographs for his yeah. fans. I'm going to change it to Jeff Dunham. I'm going to switch it. Because <laughs> oh, that makes it so much better. Yeah, yeah, no, fuck that. Well, he's yeah. a dick. He, that I, makes it better. I can get behind that. Um, yeah. but, uh, but, you know, doing, doing the panels, I always just kind of, like, the moderators that we have for our panels and stuff, they're great. Like, really, um, Damon Lindelof moderated one year for us. And, uh, Damon's great. Alan Seppenwald and, like, some really great people. But it always kind of bummed me out because, you know, you do this whole panel and then it's like, all right, now there's five minutes for fan questions. And there's 20 people at least at that point lined up and they're just dying to ask everybody yeah. a question, whatever. And, and a lot of these questions could have been asked and answered in the same way, you know, from the moderator. It could have been a similar question. This is for Adam Baldwin. Do you still talk to Chris Makepeace from My Bodyguard? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming. I, I don't know. It's been years, you know. I think they were both 11 when they did that they movie. Were, they were very young. Um, you ever see a sweaty Stephen Baldwin walking around Comic-Con? Right. No. Yeah, yeah. They're not. No. He's not. A, Adam Baldwin's not a Baldwin brother. No, he's, he's not. not. No, no. Often. Just, uh, it's a misconception. Uh, often, often uh, people might think I that. Mean, He's a Baldwin brother within his own family, probably. Sure. But he is not the Hollywood Baldwins. Uh, no. Hollywood Baldwins. Not related to Alec and, uh, at all. Uh, okay. E-T-A-L. Um, <laughs> and, and, at the all. Rest. and the rest. And the rest. Uh, so at, at any rate, you know, there's, there's very limited time for fans to ask questions. And, you know, like when you do interviews or whatever, like um, more often than not, you're getting asked questions from a reporter or you're getting asked questions from a moderator on a panel. Mm -hmm. um, but fans don't get that access often. They don't get that chance to just like have an hour where they can have a free for all. And, and I mean, not go crazy and ask you about your personal life and dating habits and stuff like that. Cause that, that that's, that's pointless. Excuse me, Zachary Levi. <laughs> could you describe your dick slit please? <laughs> well, it's kind of oblong. Um, <laughs> Why are you using Ryan Reynolds voice? <laughs> call back Ryan. Call back. It's a callback Ryan Reynolds. It's a callback. He was spotted outside of Comic-Con last year. We have to find him. We should. He'll be back. Um, so so I wanted to give people this place at the Nerd HQ. I wanted to do panels where um, where fans had a, a whole hour of Q&A, where they, it was all for them. And, and, uh, and simultaneously, uh, one of the other things I learned about the panels at Comic-Con was that you know, where we get ushered off the stage when our panel's done, I just assumed everyone in that hall was ushered out, and then the new crowd for the new panel would come in. But no. 
No, no. If you wait and you get that seat in the beginning of the day, you get to keep that seat all day long. Mm -hmm. And so people, and I never realized that I, every time we did a Chuck panel, there might've been half the crowd there that actually wasn't even there for us. They were waiting for or something way down the line, true blood after us or yeah. something like that. You know? So it, that kind of bummed me out a little bit for the sake of all the actual Chuck fans or fans of whatever a show that really wanted to be in those seats for that panel, but couldn't get it because somebody was, you know, squatting on it or that or, is kind of a flaw that that, that is yeah. kind, kind of, of a, a bummer. Flaw. It's kind that of a bummer. Leads to pen stabbing. But I'll tell you what, Dude, though, how gnarly was that? <laughs> I, I moderated that panel where that happened. What? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was my. I was the. I was the. We were the next panel, and they came backstage, and they're like, uh, "Everyone, go back up to the green room. There was a stabbing." We're like, "What?" <laughs> At Comic Con? Yeah, yeah. Well, with like a broadsword or a mace or a Morningstar, cling on that Yeah, no. <laughs> no. But that. But but I will say the upside to it is a few years ago, my friend Mike Furman and I were on a panel, and. Uh, and all of the people had squatted it because the next panel they were showing the Buffy episode once more with feeling the musical Buffy episode. Oh yeah! And so we did our you know our nerdy songs about like pie and dinosaurs and whatever and um, like you do, like we do, <laughs> and uh, we destroyed because all those people were there to see a musical, a musical comedy episode, episode yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of, of Buffy, and so no one else would have come to our panel otherwise because they didn't really know who you yeah, know, yeah. we were, and and so that. From that standpoint, it helps, but it does it does kind of suck, like you said, when other people want to see stuff and they can't. Yeah, I'd call I'd call your experience with the songs a happy accident. That was a very happy, a accident. very very fortuitous. Um, and again, you know, look, I know the guys at Comic Con, uh, guys and girls who run run the show down there, they're doing uh, their darndest. I mean, it's a major, major, giant thing, and it's just gotten bigger and bigger. And look, and fans get an incredible opportunity now that Hollywood is as, as an infused as they are with the stars that come down and all that stuff, and that's awesome. Um, but as an, you know, again, like kind of feeling like I'm a, a nerd myself, like I just. I sit back and I go, well, what would I want? You know, like what, what can we do? What can, what can we do to try and, you know, give some different opportunities and stuff like that. And then, uh, so I rented this venue down in downtown San Diego at Jolton Joe's and it's three big rooms. And, um, and one of the rooms is going to be dedicated just to doing panels all, all week long, you know, from Thursday to Sunday, uh, having people like Seth Green and Zach Quinto and, uh, Dominic Monaghan and Scott Bakula. Um, I think Aisha Tyler is going to do Bakula, right? Yeah. I mean, I'd sit in there just asking him about Quantum Leap for hours. Like, a, right? Do you think I mean? that that fucked with his head? And, and when he sees himself in the mirror, he still is like, but do I look like a pregnant lady to everybody <laughs> yeah, else? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, <laughs> I think during... Even if he hadn't done the show, he dude, might be having yeah, it. You yeah. could fucking get... During, during Bakula... Okay, this is the Zach Levi challenge. If during his panel with the Scott Bakula, with don't tell him if you could get Dean Stockwell to appear in the back and go, "Oh Sam, you got to finish this." Ziggy says you got to finish this panel. Like that would be. But have no like tell everyone beforehand not to acknowledge. Don't acknowledge. Yeah, like, no, we can't see Stockwell. Yeah, yeah. You can't see him. We can only you see. You could Sam fuck with him so that could be a whole show of just Stockwelling. Stockwelling Scott Stockwelling's got disappeared. Oh my God, Sam, you're not supposed to order the the tuna fish. Ziggy says there's a 92% chance you should get the pizza. <laughs> what the heck? This is gold. This needs to be done. Yeah. Let's do it. Matt, it. Matt Myra's folded over. <laughs> Matt Myra's folded over laughing. We'll do, it on, 
people do not funnier now. Ninety-two percent. Yeah, it's that, that made the bit authentic. Yeah. That made it authentic. It's in the details, Chris. It's, it's all, all in the details. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, What's your trade? Do you? Do you, were you? Did you study uh, theater or comedy, or what was your? What was your sort of background before? Chuck? I mean, yeah, it was all. It was theater. I mean, I I would just grew up as a big theater nerd, man. I you know I in middle school on basically like you know uh, just theater, 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 more theater. Uh, high school, you know, my freshman year of high school, I, I don't even know if I left the drama department. Like I would, I would eat my snack there. I'd have lunch there. Like all my friends were there, you know, it was our little, our little hole that we all were back in and then, you know, playing like magic, the gathering, like, I don't even, you know what I mean? Like that kind of stuff. And then, uh, and then the end of my freshman year after doing every possible production I could do, it was summertime. And, and I grew up in Ventura, California. So you'd think, oh, the beach, like go and surf. No, not me. Uh, I was like, what other theater can I find? <laughs> and my grandma was reading some uh, article in the paper in, in uh, the Ojai Art Center. Ojai is like a half an hour inland from Ventura. Yeah. And uh, their little community theater was doing Oliver. And so me and my younger sister, uh, who's, who's here with me today, she, uh, we, she, my grandma drove us both up there. We did Oliver. And then we got involved with that theater for a long time. Who's playing Oliver? Well, it's complicated, Chris. Uh, I I was the understudy to the Artful Dodger. Um, the I played <laughs> Oliver in grade school. Did you really? Yeah. <gasps> Memphis, Tennessee. Hey, did you grow up in Memphis? I did. Oh, rock and roll, man. Not really. No. Actually, there is rock I mean, and roll rock, there. Yeah, there, there is a lot of rock and roll. Bit. Come on. I mean, I think that literally makes sense what I just said. Yeah. And you totally shot it down. <laughs> I'm so sorry. sorry. Um, no, that, yeah, I mean, it's a great show. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, and, and then I was just kind of involved in that world for a long time. And it was doing that. I mean, you know, back in high school, like I kind of slowly, like, you know, blossomed a bit and played some sports and, you know, became friends with people outside of the drama department. But, um, I, I kept doing theater, obviously, and then I was doing some community theater play in Ohio, or I was doing Marvin's Room, um, and uh, which they made a movie about with Leonardo DiCaprio and Susan Sarandon, blah, blah, blah. He won an award for that, didn't he? The De Niro. Uh, I don't know. DiCaprio, you mean? The De Niro sketch that they did on SNL. <laughs> Was there he talks a mo- about Marvin's room. <laughs> so fucking funny. Is it good? They're like, the, is the De Niro talk show. Right. Know, well, or the Joe Pesci show. Right. Oh, Alec the Joe Alden Pesci comes show. comes out yeah, yeah. As, as De Niro. Oh, nice. Marvin's room. I heard things. <laughs> I heard things about Marvin's room. <laughs> it's a good show. It's a, it's a, it's a really good show. So and you I, played the room. So I did. Yeah, so I played the room. Yeah. Uh, and then and and there was like thirty people there that that night. Uh, and like with community theater, you go out after the end of the show and shake hands in the lobby. Thanks for coming. You know. And this little woman who was like four foot nothing. Her name was Maria Comfort, and she was like uh, she gra- she was like a retired manager from the late seventies, early eighties. And she grabs me and she goes, "You got it, kid. You got it. I want to help you." And I had nothing going. I was like, "Yeah, I'll take all the help you can I, I can get." And she got me to a manager who got me to a casting director who got me to um, you know a great agency. And then that was about ten years ago, and the rest is history. So, Wait, so you were in high school when this happened? I was just graduated. So just I was graduating? I was about like uh, I think I was eighteen when I was doing that show. It was nineteen ninety nine. So I was I was eighteen, and uh, and that fall I I signed with uh, my agent at that at that point. So it was a course of like you know maybe like seven eight months. And wow. Uh, yeah, it was really amazing. I was so blessed, like just doors opening left and right. And, 
you know, and I had buddies that were that had graduated high school before me that were like down pounding the pavement, doing extra work, like really, it's a tough business. You know, you didn't try to get a foot in the door and doing mass mailings and submissions and stuff. And was there any resentment from them? Did you feel? Um, they never call me back. I don't know if that. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't think so. I mean, I, yeah. I think that everyone was just kind of, you know, they were they were happy for me. They were they were yeah. excited, and and every all of my friends knew that's just what I did. You know, I was the friend who who acted. I wasn't the friend who. You'd go watch, you know, uh, hit a home run. Although I tried my darndest. Um, in a performance. In a performance. Yeah. Zachary Levi knocks it out, out of, of the, the park. park. Uh, uh, you reminded me, remind me of an awkward joke moment that I had once. Another again, one. Again, try, yeah. I mean, as a comic. Did it also involve Yvonne Strahovski in a video not, game? It, not, no, 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 no. It involved talking to, like, I was at a party and there was a bunch of theater people there and one of them said, uh, oh, you know, we're just theater nerds. And I go, I should have, I didn't, the filter didn't catch me in time. I was like, you mean gay people? Yeah. And uh, it just didn't, it just didn't fly. Oh, come on. It just right. didn't fly. Like, no, it, was, it, was, it did not go well. I, w- I wish that people would, would have a little bit more of a sense of freaking humor, man. So a lot of theater people don't have a sense of humor. Well, they got like, shit they, on yeah. so much. And I'm in high school, I remember like there was so few theater kids I knew. And there are funny theater. There's like funny theater people. And then there are the ones that are just like you try to fuck around, like joke around. And there's just it's just a wall. Like it's it's not it's not getting in. The theater kids hung out with the goth kids. And so they were both up for grabs when it came to making fun of them. I guess. I mean, I had a ton of theater kid friends. And so I just and I just found that. You know, half of them were incredibly serious, and the other half maybe drifted into stand up or drifted into other other from. Yeah, and some and some of them. I mean, I have friends that I used to do you know uh, theater with back in high school that don't have anything to do with entertaining in any way, shape, or form. Like you know, they went to go work some job as a they scientist. Were for Jeff <laughs> yeah! yeah, get out of fuck you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm detecting back. some resentment. No, I don't. I don't, I don't, even, know. I don't even know the guy. I don't um, know the fuck I'm shitting on him for. <laughs> you know, it's weird though if you think about it, like oh, someone that did theater. Okay. If someone did uh, like theater growing up and then they didn't go on to you know act for a living. There's like I, I always talk to people who are just like it's like oh well, that's a bummer they just kind of lost their dream. But it's like it's like you know you talk to people who played sports in high school that didn't go on to play professional yeah. sports and no one goes oh that's a shame huh yeah really good at soccer yeah and then nothing just yeah. got I a do, job. You know, but a I, I do feel that too. Like there were people that I knew in college that I thought were fucking hilarious and then. You run into them and they just have, you know, like they didn't, they didn't pursue anything and, and that's whatever. If they, if that wasn't in them, that's fine. Yeah. But I always, I always did feel a little like, oh, you're so funny. Why aren't you being funny for money? Yeah. <laughs> Be funny for money, man. Funny for yeah. money. Like the funniest guy I knew growing up, uh, Aaron Deloach, uh, he, like our whole plan, we would always talk about like going out here and writing and like uh, doing stand up, and then. He just started like a moving company and yeah. just stuck around back in Hawaii. But that they move things so hysterically. It's really hysterically. funny. I mean, it's yeah. like, where do you want this lamp, lady? Oh, <laughs> it's from the Ming Dynasty. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Ha ha, Hawapalua. <laughs> He's from Hawaii. Oh no way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, rock and roll. So I put ha ha on there. No, actually, yeah. not at all. Nah, not at all. Not no. at all. Rock and roll. You can roll. Hawaiian. Where'd you grow up? Ventura. We jumped around. No, well, we I grew up in Ventura. We I did theater in Ohio, so it was like a little second home growing up. Yeah. But uh Ohio Snazzy. It's a, it's really artsy fartsy up there. It's it's a cool little town and you know, but it's but again, it's a little town. There's not you know, there's a lot of kind of artistic ventures and things and like Libby Bowl is a really cool place where you can go watch Shakespeare in the park in the summertime and um they have a lot of good live music and all that jazz, but and all that jazz. <laughs> and all that jazz. Wow, man, I feel very <laughs> 
punny today, and I don't even know why. <laughs> it's just coming out naturally. It is. It's good, though. It's yeah. good. Did but you ever do stand-up? I did. Are you asking me? Yeah. Yeah, I've done stand-up a couple of times. Uh, I grew up just like addicted to stand up. I loved stand up. My we had HBO uh like a lot of kids did growing up and um and I remember like in my parents it was also like you know when the television became your babysitter and oh, yes. but your parents didn't monitor how it babysat you. Oh, so yeah. so yeah. me and my sisters would sit there and watch we'd watch like some of the gnarliest crap on HBO and yeah. my you know my dad was working, my mom was doing something and we're like, "Yeah, whatever." And and a lot of times uh, if I had the TV to myself, I'd sit there and watch like the A-list. Like I loved yeah. I loved stand-up comedy. I loved yeah. it. And um and I had this really, I had a really awkward moment at like a, um, it was like an open house at my elementary school. Uh, when we were living in Washington state at the time, there were like these com- comedian musicians that were doing this thing to, you know, entertain the teachers and parents. And my friends all knew me as like the funny kid who sang songs. And so when the guys were like, Hey, anybody want to come up here and tell a joke? My friends were like, go on, Zach, go do it, do it. And I'm not going to get into the details of it, not at least on this podcast, but it was, to say the least, one of the most horrendous experiences of my entire life. <laughs> Give us an example. One, no, one joke. You were no, a kid. No, I can't. Look, I'll just say this. I'll say this. I, and to this day, I, I, I will say, I think that, you know, one of the amazing things about comedy, at least for me, is that there, 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 there should be, I mean, obviously there's rules or there, there should be some boundaries, but but not really, you know, I like that's one of the things that you can joke. You could joke about everything or anything. Right. And I also kind of feel like there are some rules and boundaries that are put on certain comics because of the color of their skin or whatever, where one comic can get away with one joke, but another comic can't. And I kind of feel there's a weird um, I feel like there's there's a weird unfairness in that sometimes, you know. However, when I was a kid, I didn't totally understand that. I didn't. Did I, you go on stage in blackface? I did not go on stage. No. However, <laughs> I did. Saying? It's not fair that black people can go on stage in blackface. <laughs> oh, no. But me as a no. white comic, if I no. do it. <laughs> right. That would be horrible. That would be like Ted, Ted dancing at the BET. Oh, oh my God. Oh. Worst. It was bad. Um, was no, no. Like, I'll just say this. Look, I, I really loved Bill Bellamy uh, at that point. Like, I, I watched a lot of his stuff and. And he had a joke that only Bill Bellamy or, you know, could, could tell. And I told that joke and nobody, I was looked at, I I don't even think anybody really got the joke. I don't think anybody looked at me like, oh my God, I can't believe that came out of his mouth. I think that I was, you know, 10 Mm -hmm. and they thought, who is this stupid little 10 year old? And, uh, and I, I I ran, I dove off the stage. I hid underneath the stage and I cried. For, for like ten minutes, and I could hear, I could hear my friends are all going, "Get out, get out of here, get out!" And and I could hear the co- the comedian musicians like stepping up onto the stage above me, picking up the mic, you know, and like, like it was it was a nightmare. I'm like, I surprised you ever performed again. I can't believe I did this. And then uh, and then when I when I I did this show called Less Than Perfect, which was the sitcom on ABC, and. Uh, a couple of the uh, Sherry Shepard was on the show with me and uh, we became really good friends. And she had another uh, a comic friend named Bone, who was a really funny black comic. And and they both were like, why don't you do stand up? You're really funny. You should do stand up. And I and I said, look, you 
you need to know why I don't do stand-up. And I told them this story, and they laughed their asses off. They thought it was so funny. <laughs> and they said, you need to forget about that. You need to go and work out like 10 minutes. Uh, just work on 10 minutes. And so I did that, unbeknownst to me, I, while I'm working out this 10 minutes, they had set up a gig in like Fullerton and kidnapped me and brought me to this like open mic out there. And the three of us all did stand-up together, and I got over my fear of it and had a really good time. And then I ended up doing about, you know, four or five other little gigs, small open mics. And I never bombed, but I also never knocked it out of the park. It was always like, it was good, you know, but I, I never really had my own voice. And as a comic, you have to have your voice. But it's, that takes years. I know. I've heard that from so many people. And I know that it just takes, you know, practice and getting up on stage. Um, but I don't know. Like, I just, I have so much respect for such insanely talented comics like, uh, you know, like Seinfeld and, um, uh, like Eddie Izzard. Like, I think Eddie Izzard is one of the smartest, most genius standups. And I look at what he does and I go, I, I don't think I can ever do that that good, you know? And yeah. so it kind of keeps me from ever jumping back into it. But it just takes, it just, it's just one of those things where you just have to do it a shitload. Yeah. And it's unrewarding for, like, the only reward for a, a large part of the time, especially when you're first starting out, is just that you're doing it. Yeah. Process. And that, that it's, yeah, it's the process. And you're like, okay, this did, this, you know, like this nugget from this thing work so i'll throw all this other stuff away i mean it's just a it's a constant recalibration yeah process yeah. and a lot of lying to yourself <laughs> i think this is gonna work out but there is nothing <laughs> i challenge i challenge oh, any is. profession to to t top the non-lethal because it, it, it's obviously you know it's not like being a crab fisherman but to try to top what it feels like to bomb when you're a comic you know, like there's nothing else that can feel that bad in any other profession as as going up on stage in front of a bunch of strangers, throwing a bunch of saying, this is who I am yeah. and having them reject you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you're already in a dark place. I mean, you doing you're doing stand up. You're already in a dark place <laughs> yeah. in your life. But, I need validation. But what's great is that if you can if you can get past that and you can make constructive things happen as a result of that, then it really, you know, it kind of makes you. I mean, it's funny that I get nervous around people sometimes when I'm like, I can get up, I can talk, I can perform in front of 5,000 people. Not that that many people have ever come to my shows, but I can perform for 5,000 5, people. people. Okay, five, yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was opening at Madison Square Garden, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it, uh, it it's funny that I still, on an interpersonal level, can still get uncomfortable around people sometimes. And Yeah, but it's different. You know, you're communicating, uh, when you're communicating one-on-one, -on -one, that's a different thing than communicating to a, a mass of, uh, of people. You know, that's one of the things I've always found odd, or, I mean, I've gotten, I felt a little more comfortable now, but, like, doing talk shows. Like, I never, you know, you're talking to a person, but you also have a live audience, and you have cameras on you, so you don't know, like, well, who, how do I, like, what's the level yeah. of communication yeah. I'm going on? Because, if you're if you keep it real quiet and it's just like you and whomever you know uh, that you're talking to, then that's not really interesting for the audience or the cameras. And if you're trying to like make it real big for the audience, then you look like an awkward ass and next to whoever's interviewing you and everybody. I often fall yeah. into that category. <laughs> Trust me, I do too. That's that's part of the reason why I still struggle with it. I'm doing Conan for the first time, dude. Congrats, that's awesome. Thanks. He's super nice. I'm I I'm excited about it. Because I'm a huge fan. Oh, dude, he's panel so funny. Stand up. What? Are you doing panel? I'm just or? doing panel. Yeah, I'm ju just doing panel. I'm just doing panel. It's no big deal. Wait, I mean, I'm nervous about it. What do you mean? You mean like sit down? Yeah, sit down. And yeah, couch yeah, yeah, chat. yeah, yeah. Dude, that's awesome, man. He's super funny and irreverent. That's one of the things I've loved about him. You know, through the years, it's like he doesn't take 
things too seriously and he's willing to have a good time and willing a Harvard to boy. Is he a Harvard guy? He's yeah. a big, big time Harvard guy. Like he's King like the shit, Harvard, the Harvard lamp, guy. like a lamp, lampoon. Oh, wow. Yeah. He's uh pretty fucking smart. He's the original <laughs> BJ Novak. He kinda, he's that was eloquent. BJ Novak. Pretty fucking smart. A smart person would come up without a word, but I think fucking smart. Do you have do you have any good celebrity fail stories where you met someone that you're like oh my god I love this person so much and then you try and then it's just like the it just didn't come out uh, right Gosh I don't know I I don't know if I've ever had that as much as like um like you know like I met in the in the course of one night the this last Golden Globes because uh, uh, Tangled that I got to do a voice in was nominated and so I got to go to a couple of these like Golden Globe and Oscar parties and stuff and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and I got to meet some really cool people. I met Tom Hanks, who's like my idol. And Hanks! I, and I, yeah. yeah, and I got to talk to him for like a good 15 minutes. And that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And there was no like real awkward fail moment. But like a couple nights before that, or, you know, I don't know, somewhere in that kind of award season, you know, parties and stuff. I was at a party and um, and I... Uh, <laughs> I almost said his name. So John Hamm is there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'd met him once before. And I think he's a super talented guy and obviously does, you know, really well. Um, and he's also a really nice guy. And uh, I, we were talking and I called him. I have a friend named Tom Hamm. And what? I do. I have a friend named Tom Hamm. And in my head, and I'm, I had a couple cocktails in my head. <laughs> I had just totally inversed it because I knew a Tom Ham and I and I and clearly this guy's name is Tom Ham. And so I called him Tom Ham like five times until he finally very politely says, It's John, but it's okay. And I go, No, I know oh, Tom John. Oh, and then, oh, your, dude, sto- and then not- your story sounds bullshit. It, sounds does, very it totally random. sounds yeah. like crap. And I, and I, and I even, I, I don't, I think I didn't even tell him. I was about to say, no, you don't understand. I have a friend named Tom yeah. Ham. That's you don't oh, you, see you, that. You, you didn't, you didn't do the intense lamp Lance Armstrong great backpedaling. You're like, let's call Tom Ham right now. Look, he's right here on my phone. Tom <laughs> Ham is he's with one M though. That's crazy. So, so take a picture of your birth certificate. Send it over to me. And I'll yeah. fax so it over John, John can I have your fax number? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that, that was not great. And then is there actress name? I think Lucy Punch is that her name. She's a really funny, I think a British actress, and she was in um, not Date Night, but she was in the Steve Carell movie with Paul Rudd, uh, Dinner for Schmucks. Yeah. So both of those movies kind of came out around around the same time, both starring Steve Carell. And again, and this is the same night. And I'm like, and I go up to her, I'm like, I, and this is on the heels of the Tom Ham Tom incident. Hamm. And I go, and I guess I say, you were great in date night. And she was not in date night. She was in dinner with schmucks. And I'm, I'm like, you are just so funny. You were great in date night. And she goes, yeah, I'm not in date night. Um, maybe dinner with schmucks. And so like, no, yes, that's what I, and I, I, I almost just like you know, like like just th- threw everything out of my hands right at that moment and just walked out. I was that's like, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. that's where you just hit her in the face and run away. Like you're so <laughs> nervous. You're just oh, like, you're in date night, all right. <laughs> yeah. you, you I, don't need, I don't need a third strike. I'm out of this party. I'm yeah. out of here. Then they I escort just, you. I out. just felt like a bad joke. I was like, I'm that guy. I'm that guy who is totally who doesn't know anything that he's talking about right now. <laughs> God, I'm an ass. I'm such an ass. I'm going to go over here and talk to Hal Pacino. No. Oh, Hal. Oh, I can't get anything right. Yeah. I like that. I like that idea of you at a party with a bunch of famous people just systematically like 
<laughs> one person at a time. Yeah. Uh, Next time I'll do it and it'll be a decision and I'll have a camera rolling and it'll so, be like a punk show. It'll be great yeah, yeah. instead of just me being an ass. Tom uh, Ham, I love your show Made Men. Yeah. What do you guys make though? I don't get I don't the get premise. It. Is it, do you guys is it like a factory? Doesn't yeah. seem like a mob show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that Mad Men. I really want it to come back. It's not coming back till next year. Yeah, Why, but Breaking Bad starting though, yeah. so that's Breaking Bad. To to. Yeah, that's exciting. What do you? Are, is there anything you're watching? Do you have time to watch anything right now? Is there anything that you've been watching recently? No, you know, I not not as of late. Uh, although I should be catching up with DVDs of all these shows that I've never seen that are apparently incredible, like The Wire. Like I can't tell you how many people have nearly. I haven't jumped on the wire train yet either, just because I know that it's a fucking commitment. Yeah. Well, I think almost any show is almost any of those shows at some level. You're look you're looking at you know even on cable it's. A, 12 episode season and if you don't start till three episodes in that's that's a lot of hours that's you know it is but i know that's one of those shows where you start watching one episode and then five hours later you've watched but you know and and i just i haven't had the time to you know i recommend a show called misfits it's a british show called misfits i feel like i might have bought that on dvd i I think somebody actually told me thank you is 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 it an older show no it's new it's it's they're only they they they've done two seasons or series as they call yeah. them. Yeah, a series, series of six two. episodes. Yeah, they do. They just do six episodes, Zach. They don't give a shit. Do you know why? Why? Because they're civilized, mate. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, By the why. way, I was not in date night. I'm very sorry. Yeah. No. Sorry. But cheers. Cheers. And have a great evening. Do you like to suck my fanny? That means vagina. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Mm. I'm from England. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> fish and chips. <laughs> chips and fish. I'll have some oh, chips and fish. <laughs> I pulled a real Zach Levi there. Oh, oh yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be that example. <laughs> oh, shit. There's someone. There's like, Someone pulled a Homer Simpson. <laughs> His name becomes synonymous. With yeah, right. I want to get Munson down in the middle of nowhere. Oh yeah. shit! Oh jeez, that's fun. So what? Uh, when does when does Nerd HQ start? Is it starts Thursday? Right. So thank you for bringing that back. Yeah, around. no, no. My, I want to make sure people, yeah, my, you know, my know partner in, in the Nerd Machine, uh, which is the company I started, which is just yeah. like you know T-shirts and fun stuff for nerds. And although we want to build more, I, I want to do like you know, cool hardware and software and ways to play like first person shooters on your iPhone without covering half your screen with your thumbs, things like that. Uh, It all has to be controlled by your brain and all controlled by your brain. Uh, or genitalia. I mean, who knows? It's a brand oh new world. Oh my god! Hello, guys. We're gonna think start boner it. games. <laughs> it's one. It's one touch swipe. I mean, think exactly. about it. Exactly. Um, but uh, yeah. So Nerd HQ. Um, it's it's gonna be the the entire run of Comic Con. So uh, I think you know for the panels and stuff, people are buying all those online, and we'll have uh, right next door to Jolton Joe's. We all got another little building, so people can come in and uh, get all their registration packets and all that stuff for the panels. But the the HQ is free to come in. So. Um, um, Xbox is one of our main sponsors, and we've basically turned the entire downstairs into a mini E3. Mm-hmm. You can play the Gears 3 Horde demo. You can play the Gears 3 multiplayer demo. You can play um, new Batman, uh, new really? Connect. There's nice. going to be all kinds of fun for people to come by. and That's just going to be packed with nerds. I know, right? That's I mean, nice. what I, I kind of look at the Nerdiverse as having this triple crown i think i've told you about it it's like you know comic-con is the entertainment world uh, e3 is the gaming world and ces is the tech world but most people can only afford to go to one of them and they really yeah. have to make a commitment it's like well, i'm and, going to comic-con and ces also isn't i mean ces is really more for business you know like it's not it's not as consumer friendly i no, don't think it's got a little less sex appeal but i feel like uh i feel like it could i mean look 
uh, to me, I, I look at what happens at CES and it is a little more fluorescent light and, you know, the kind yeah. of the whole nine. But the stuff that comes out of there is unbelievable. Like yeah. the, the stuff that could be in your home next month or next year or right now, depending on whatever their, you know, the, the tech is that they have at the show. Like, you know, when when 3D uh, monitors were first hitting the market and, and being able to look at that stuff and go, oh, my God, this is coming. Instead of being somebody that is just reacting to as technology rolls out, like be at the forefront and go, oh, my gosh, I want to track with this because for me working in the world of entertainment, I want to bring all that stuff together. I want to make, you know, if you know that 3D uh, uh, technology is coming to be ahead of the curve and go start making that 3D content before it comes, obviously we're now there, but I think inductive charging, that's what I saw at CES and it, it got very little, they've got very little play. There's a company that was making inductive chargers and then also uh, printable electronics so that, uh, you know, you could print out basically and, you know, like you could, you can run, uh, you can run current through it. And, no way. And so you had these cereal boxes that were that like had the animated Honey Nut Cheerios B on it, and they and they were being charged. Cereals already very expensive. Too. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these were four hundred dollar boxes of cereal, but yeah. worth it. No, it's just totally cheap, and they can they can print they can the ink is like you can print it out, and then yeah. it's inductively charged on the shelving. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then ideally, you know, if you had like the NFC technology, the the near field communication technology, you would never have to take a, a card out to pay for anything you would go to the store see your animated boxes put them in a bin a basket and then walk out and then automatically yeah you know like that's like the the, the less the less action that I'm, i mean i'm sure so you're saying i could thumb a hundred bucks to save the clock tower yes very soon very very soon yeah today save the clock tower but, but bucks, I even you? saw I saw like this thing. Oh, oh, hold on. Let me finish on NerdHQ and then I want to get back yeah, to technology because I love technology. Um, so uh, July 21st to 24th, it's going to mm -hmm. be going the whole time. Doors open at 9 a.m. every day. And then there's going to be, you know, just things going on all day and all night. You know, uh, it's it's a full restaurant bar. So I want people to if they're going to come and eat and drink somewhere, like come by there and come game and and hang out and see your friends. And I'm going to be down there interacting as much as I can. You know, I mean, obviously, it's kind of my baby and I want people to feel welcome and cool and um and then there's going to be panels going on the whole time with some of the people that i mentioned uh there's the firefly panel it's sold out already it's sold out in like an hour it was unbelievable but that's not surprising it's not surprising at all yeah. um and i'm going to do a panel i think like kevin smith is going to do uh he and i are going to do like a live podcast panel at some point i think aisha tyler might come by and do some podcast yes. stuff just i just want there to be a place where there's a refuge for the industry types that come down because it can get a little crazy sometimes and you just want a place where you can go and have a drink and you know be eating a burger with mustard coming off your face and you don't have somebody in your face with a camera like, oh, I captured that. It's going to go all over Twitter. You know, yeah. you just need that that little bit of a protected area. But also I wanted it to be this kind of fun workplay co-op space where anybody could come down and be like, you know, the power of social networking is insane. So we'll have just some tables that are there. And if anybody at any point is like, oh, dude, I got a half an hour to kill and I've, you know, had a drink and I ate some food. Hey, I'm going to do a half an hour signings, you know, right now at NerdHU come by. And, and just based on that just see how many people come and you can sign for your fans in a half hour and be like okay cool thanks everybody and go back and have another cocktail that's or awesome that's something some i think uh, comic con's always needed is to kind of get away from the uh convention center and to kind of take over the town because it's such a there's so many yeah, awesome restaurants yeah. and bars in that area and it, it could be more like south, uh, by, south by south exactly I totally agree. Just, you're walking around yeah. the town and the town i'm sure would like it even better yeah i think uh, the downtown san diego gas lamp area is so cool you can walk everywhere there's a lot of great restaurants and bars and things Pokies. like that 
And what's that? Pokies. Oh, Pokies? Is yeah, that a good spot? It's a great Mexican restaurant. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, off, it's a little off, yeah. but you can walk there. It's I, great. I mean, Dick's Last Resort is the... Well, actually, our building is right on the backside. So, like, the whole, you know, we, we can we kind of look down in Dick's Last Resort's uh, little outdoor area there. And then you know, there's, like, another spot called the Tipsy Crow. That's a really cool little uh, oh, you yeah. know, British pub. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, Analog. And we're actually on Thursday. I, that just reminded me. God, I should have bullet points for this stuff, but I ramble too much. Um, no, it's perfect. Who, uh, we're going to do a treasure hunt. So we're going to have this um, smartphone treasure hunt where you start at the Nerd HQ, you scan an MTAG, and then that brings you to a website that gives you like a multiple choice question you got to answer right. And then you get a clue to the next spot in the treasure hunt, right? So, again, I'm not reinventing the wheel. People have been doing stuff like this, but I, I, I love treasure hunts. In fact, treasure hunts are like wave runners. I don't know anyone who doesn't like a good treasure <laughs> hunt or a jet ski. You Actually, know what I mean? I would like to reinvent the wheel. How do you feel about squares? Um, well, mm. depends on how the roads are formed. It's a rough ride, If there Chris. are notches in the roads, then they could just kind of roll. We'll get into God that. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but the treasure hunt component will like, there's like eight stops or whatever, but along the way, and by the way, and by the way, and the, and the prizes are like, you know, like a, you know, brand new Xbox 360 or, you know, controllers of games and all that kind of stuff, you know, um, maybe even a couple passes into the nerd party, which I'm throwing on Friday night for all the industry industry folks that come by. So if you're there, I would love for you guys to come. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah we'll I think I'll come you by. might already be RSVP'd. Holy shit. Um, I am RSVPing right now. Oh, in your pants. <laughs> yep, that's right. Did I'm, you you wear your cum diaper? I'm, I'm wearing my cum diaper. <laughs> I'm making an invitation. I'm making a oh, boner shaped invitation. Oh, for heaven's sake. Why did, why, why did oh, I'm even coming go back to Party. No, I it was perfect. <laughs> Everything's party. full circle there. You know? uh, I know, right? Uh, but uh, just uh, along the along the path of the treasure hunt, there's a scavenger hunt com- component. So even if you win the treasure, like if you're the first one across the finish line for the treasure hunt, you don't win. You get you know so many points based on your position. But then along the way, if you go like take a picture with your phone of a Wookiee, then it's like 100 bonus points. If you take a picture with Chris Hardwick, that's 500 bonus points. Holy shit. If you cross the finish line with said Wookiee, that's like 1,000 bonus points. And if they kidnap your sorry ass and bring you across the finish line, maybe they just win the race entirely. What if yeah. they What if they cross the finish line with a Wookiee and the Wookiee takes his head off and it's me? Whoa! Uh, that's that's mind-melting right now. That's like right Time now. Cop when the two Van Dams <laughs> touch each other. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. Yeah. So Don't let yeah. your future self be a real-time paradox. I, I love the premise of Time Cop. The same matter cannot occupy the same space. No. Nope. But can't it? Wait, no. didn't that, isn't that what Do you have a Jack? time machine? Is that what happens fight. in Free Jack? I don't know. I haven't watched Free Jack since I was a child. Emilio Estevez, <laughs> the guy from the Rolling Stones. Mick Jagger. <laughs> the guy from the Rolling Stones. We have to free all these Jacks. Mick, cut. That's not, we're not freeing anyone named Jack. Right then. <laughs> we, gotta, we can't let it through the lab. Does have a drink? So this yeah. is about playing the game Jacks. No, Mick, mm. did you read the script? No. <laughs> Just showed up. a song for the soundtrack. Right. <laughs> I'm the free jack. That's all I came up with. I'm a free jack. By the way, if that's what Mid Jagger sang, that would be enough. It really yeah. would be. Just, repeat, just put that on loop. Just, I'm a free jack. Free jack. Free jack. For still making it happen. Still making it happen. Is he though? Emilio. Emilio. Not of the Roxbury. Emilio. Underrated movie. Emilio Estevez has directed uh, Men at Work. 
Men at Work is a good movie. Him and Charlie oh, yeah, Sheen. Him and Charlie. Garbage men surfers trying to start their own surf shop. They get caught up in a murder mystery that goes all the way to the top. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. <laughs> well, I'm on board because your voice went up at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is how you sell any pitch. Just Keith start David. going up with your good voice. Yeah, and it's yeah, going to yeah, be yeah. great. Chris Hardwick is a Wookiee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. So, Nerd Issue. And then Nerd Machine. Is it nerdmachine.com? Uh, the nerdmachine.com. Yeah, and that's where you can buy all the panel tickets and all that stuff and buy a t-shirt or a hat or a beanie or sweatshirt or jacket or whatever. We have like cool little flash drives or like little Swiss Army knives now and got Sweet. fun little iPhone 4 cases that look like, uh, you know, old school like uh, cassette tapes. For those of oh, you nice. under the age of 16, a cassette tape uh, was a way that we used to play music uh, in our cars Shut or up, homes. Shut up, old person. Mixtapes. That's how you used to get denied by girls. <laughs> mixtapes. I just made you a great new mixtape. It's got uh, some oh, Duran I'm Duran. Sorry. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm a, a mixtape. How tape. often have you heard that? Just, I'm sorry. A mixtape. Were it? you the one saying I'm sorry? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, as you're handing sorry. it to them, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If you sorry. never want to call you freaking me again, yeah. give her a mixtape. Yeah. <laughs> I worked on this uh, all night. There's but, some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the nerdmachine.com and 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 uh, and there's like forums and chat rooms and stuff that you know for people to just hang out and and. But at the end of the day, I wanted the nerd machine to just be like a. I wanted to be a touchstone for like. Uh, a nerd illusion, as I call it. I wanted to. I want to start a movement. I want. I, I look at the future of again, like kind of going back to technology and and uh, and entertainment and where it's all coming together and where it's all where we're all headed together and and just start like a really cool dialogue and and uh, a relationship with the public and with the fans because it's all for them. At the end of the day, you know they're consuming it. So like, I want to make what they want what they want, and I and I want to appeal to them and 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 say, look, you know. If if this goes to a model like like an iTunes model where we're selling stuff, it's not just you know you're not getting it for free on your television because of the advertising model, but because you're not because you're paying for it now you have the now you the powers in your hands to keep it on the air. Mm -hmm. If Firefly was being sold for two dollars an episode back when it was on the air, that show would still be around. They 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 could make incredible you know they, they're the episodes that they could go in and, and the things that we could see now with Firefly and all those brown coats that are bummed that it doesn't exist anymore wouldn't be bummed if they had the power to save it then. And I think by taking things and putting it into that kind of a la carte model where you can buy a half hour of content for 99 cents or uh, an hour of content for a buck 99 and you appeal to the people and say, Hey, don't pirate it. Don't steal it. You know, if you, if you pay for it, then we can all work together and we mm -hmm. can keep making this and enjoy this journey together. Then I think that, I think that people are good. You know, I think that people would go for that. I think they retaliate and they resist when you have like, you know, what happened with the music industry and you have, you know, big labels freaking out and not knowing what to do. And then the feds come in on like a 12 year old kid in Rancho Cucamonga who, you know, was said, Hey, his buddy was like, download this song on Napster. You'll be fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, people are putting him in prison. It's like, then the public revolts and they go, no, you can't do that. You can't, you know, that that's the man doing something to them. But if it's a grassroots thing and if it's like there's a dialogue and a conversation and a connection between the worlds, then I think that it can work and it can be awesome. So that's what I want the nerd machine to be. I got a cease and desist letter from the recording industry. You did? In like 2001. Was that when you were making your own album and trying yeah, to get it out there? Get out of there. <laughs> Please don't Please register stop. this. God, make your own album. Me and the BMI guys we made have, a decision. We have enough polka. No more. <laughs> but guys, Matt's, uh, Matt's, Matt's album that, entitled Feelings Pie. <laughs> uh, I don't. Pie? I don't get that. Happiness huh? pie. Like happiness pie. Oh, happiness pie. Did you think I was making a food reference? Because you. Well. 
wouldn't put it past you. No, it's not. That was not. Oh, that's messed up, Chris. <laughs> it's like it's free like, Jack. <laughs> I was not making a food joke, Matthew. Yeah, kids it's in the like, hall it's like kids in the hall happiness pie. Everyone gets in a pie. Yeah. Someone's a little sensitive Sad- today. Sadness is a barnacle <laughs> stuck to your bright boat. Wait a minute. Are you making fun of the fact that I used to be a fish? <laughs> Were you? I don't appreciate your barnacle <laughs> I not in front of company. <laughs> Shut up. I want him to see this, oh, you guys. God. This is what I have to live with every goddamn day. He's asked us what I was talking about. You know, I, I'll, and all I wanted was transparency this morning, so I'm, I feel like I'm getting that. I'm getting a good insight. Well, you're not getting it from the government. You get started. Shining through. You're going to have karaoke at Nerd HQ? I don't know. We were thinking about it. At one point, I was thinking about, like, how cool would it be if uh, we had, like, a karaoke. I really wanted, like, Weezer to play. I wanted to do, like, well, a- yes. Yeah. Of course you would. <laughs> well, dude, I don't know. I think big. I'm always like, hey, you know what would be awesome? And then I have, you know, three people around me going, let's rein it in. Uh, <laughs> that's going to be another million dollars. Uh, but, yeah, at one point, I was thinking how fun it would be if we had, like, a karaoke machine. And we didn't tell anybody Weezer was going to play. And then I got up on stage. And I was like, hey, everybody, thanks for coming to the, you know, Nerd HQ. And uh, I just wanted to kick it off with a karaoke song. And people would be like, oh, that's kind of lame, whatever. All right. And I start singing like the first, I don't know, few bars of Say It Ain't So. And then all of a sudden you see a curtain drop and <laughs> <laughs> rivers and everybody is like, bound out, you know, just rocking. And everybody goes, oh, my God. Yeah, that would be pretty sweet. Right? Way. Yeah. Is I don't that know. more for the fans or for you personally? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. I mean, but I think, I don't know. I mean, I certainly I think I think with any idea, you kind of start with, well, what do, what do, what do I think is cool? What do I think would be fun? And then hopefully that applies to the fans and everyone else. And, you know, yeah. but I, I certainly I do. I think Weezer, they're probably my favorite band uh, of all time or certainly of recent history. And uh, and certain, you know, and Still? definitely kind of t- what's that? Still. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, uh, Blue and Pinkerton, I think, you know, just blow doors. They're yeah. just incredible albums and so incredibly different, too. Like, yeah. um, it really bummed me out that the critics, you know, harshed on Rivers Mellow so much about Pinkerton that yeah. he kind of withdrew. And That's the thing. Uh, That's what it bit, bums you know? me out. It's like he kind of doesn't like it. Yeah, I know. It, it, it's a bummer because it's such a great album, yeah, you know. it's a perfect album. And Green album. Album's great. And Mal Dre, you know, he's still continued to make great music. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I, not too long ago, like a year ago or something, they came through L.A. and they did. You did you go to those shows? Yes. Did you go I, to both? I went to both. I went to both as well. I was out of my mind. Yeah, I was, was like, because I didn't, I didn't start listening to Weezer when Blue Album uh, or or rather, you know, when Blue Album came out, like I wasn't like going to concerts and stuff like that. Like I didn't know to go find them and go and see these concerts. So I had never, with the exception of a few shows that I've gone to where they maybe play like one Blue Album song, they yeah. never play Pinkerton. Never play Pinkerton. Uh, and to just be at a show where they go like literally like start to finish and, you know, like in the end of the Blue Album night when they're playing only in dreams and everyone's just going crazy. Yeah. I was and like, they open oh. the back. Like a, yeah, and they open up like the back. A, yeah, the Universal Amphitheater. Yeah, yeah it was so, it was so gnarly. Good. I so could have, cool. I could have used some B sides, some more B sides. I would have been appreciative of some if I heard Jamie. Oh, I wanted to hear Jamie oh, really interesting. Bad. But they did play Suzanne. Yeah, they did play Suzanne. Um, but like, I was really wanting to hear Jamie, and uh, I just threw out the love of my dreams. Like, those are great songs from yeah. that era that they didn't play. Yeah, no, no, no. I I hear you. And as a as a Weezer purist, you of course you want ev- you want to soak up every yeah, ounce of it's that, not, that you it's can. Not really ever going to happen again? Did you see Best Coast, the band that opened for them? Yeah, you know it's funny. 
stark difference from the first time I saw him. Oh, really? Yeah, I, there was a uh, just like an art gallery on Melrose um, near Virgil, and like uh, they were playing with a couple other bands, like the OCs and sure, sure. other local bands. Yeah, yeah. And like you know, it was just it was just like a you know old indie show. There was like you know right. people there, but uh, the singer was very much different and not together during that time. She was like <laughs> slurring through every word, and I was like, "Why? I've heard good things about these guys. Yeah. This is." God awful. Yeah. And I couldn't understand what's going on. Don't like, sugarcoat eh, it. Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah. yeah how it was, was it really? It was, it was horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but then I got the album and I was like, this is fucking great. Yeah. The album's great. And it was awesome seeing her together yeah. and sober on stage. Yeah. And, and opening for Weezer. Like, for how Weezer. epic yeah. is that? And then they came, they came out. What song did they sing together? They sang some song together. Oh, yeah. Well, also, Jorge Garcia came out and sang a song That's with them, right. too. Yeah, yeah. He did. Memories. Right? Uh, no, was it Memories? I thought it was Island in the Sun. No, oh, she came out and sang Island in the Sun. Yeah. I think that's what she did. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, uh, oh, that's right. Because they didn't just play Blue and Pinkerton. They played like they did down like, the year. Down like, the years. Down the years yeah. and playing different singles from the different albums. This Weezer chat has been brought to you by a grant from the Ryan Reynolds <laughs> <Ab> Foundation. <laughs> Reminding you, <abs>. Sorry. <laughs> Ryan's got him. Yeah. Shut up, Chris. <laughs> I'm sorry, you guys. I really thought you I was fish. <laughs> you former <laughs> fish. Oh, God. I don't make fun of my fishly roots. Sorry, what I thought you, I was going to know more people at those shows, and I didn't. I was like, it's rare to talk to somebody about it. Oh, dude, you yeah. was epic. When are you going to be down at Comic-Con? What's your steez, bro? I get down on... Uh, all right, fucking bro. I'm going to fucking tear some shit up. Yeah, I'm I'm moderating... Um, Oh, I, I'm sure I can say all these by the time this podcast goes up, which will be Monday. I'm moderating the Walking Dead panel. Nice. I'm, water, I'm moderating Big Bang Theory. Nice. And I'm moderating Black Dynamite all on Friday. Um, and then Saturday we're doing our live podcast Two at shows. 4th and B. Fantastic. The first yeah. show sold out the, with the Matt Oh, Smith that's right. That was at 11, 11 p.m., right? 8. And then the oh, other, we, we started an 11 o'clock show. Uh, and so the tickets are on. And so I got a tweet from someone this morning. It was like, because we added the 11 o'clock show and someone goes... 23 bucks and 11 p.m., a little expensive slash late for Comic-Con. And I was what? like, both of the things you said are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both of the things you said. First of yeah. all, $23 for a live show, very cheap. Yeah. And 11 o'clock, pretty early. Yeah. Pretty not, early on a Saturday yeah, night. By, by the way, not just early, but what the hell else are you going to do down there? You know what I mean? Like, go, there's, yeah. that's a perfect thing to do. Go you should do just respond with, I'm sorry it messes with your mom's curfew. Oh, <laughs> bad ass. <laughs> Wow, that is that that would have been the mechanical pencil attack of 2011. Yeah, yeah. Chris, anytime you want to be an asshole towards anyone that tweets you, just let me know and I'll write a few things up. Okay, for cool. You. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks, Just Jonah. jot a few ideas down. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know what? Just do that now. Just have them pre written. Yeah, pre well, I actually, yeah. I have a friend who has an entire page of like drafted tweets and they're all pretty hysterical. But I'm like, this is what you do with your free time. Yeah. You sit and write these like really funny little quips, just just ready to roll out. Like, yeah, that's um, what I, that's all right, what I'll go with that option yeah, now. Rob, yeah, yeah, I wish, I wish. Uh, yeah, I, I wish I had a little more thought into my into my tweets, but uh, I, I I don't know. You know, everybody tweets different. Everyone poops. The one you think it's the one you think is gonna just uh, you're like, oh, this is gonna fucking blow up and yeah. get retweeted. And yeah, then nothing. It's like three people. Yeah. I didn't get it. And then the one you kind of shit out, just like I went to know. I went to follow Michael Keaton, thinking it was gonna be the greatest comedy experience on Twitter, and it's not. He doesn't tweet anything funny at no. all. He just tweets about having linguini. Yeah. Like, J- Jason Walder. <laughs> That's funny. <Yeah. laughs> it's the it's the contrast. See, it's Michael yeah. Keaton, the expectation, and then the simplicity yeah, exactly. of it. See, he knows what he's doing. He knows. Mr. Yeah. Mom always knows oh, what he's doing. Yeah. What, Jason dude? <laughs> did, did you ever see Multiplicity? By the way, yeah, oh, yeah, it's a great movie. I think it's so underrated, yeah, man. It is. I, I, he did not get the play that he should have got for that. Playing four good. like. Totally yeah. different guys, and he was so committed. He was so good. I enjoyed it. And Andy McDowell's adorable. 
And what, yeah. what were you saying about Jason Walliner? Oh, yeah. Jason Walliner, uh, guy directs uh, like uh, Eagle Heart and Human Giant, all those shows. Uh, he uh, Did you say Human Gina? Human Giant. Oh, okay. Human yeah. Giant. Human Gina. Just checking. He did, he did some get some Human Gina. Uh, but um, he uh, uh, he always retweets uh, Jamie Ferrara uh, from Entourage, the guy who plays Turtle. Uh-huh. And it's always just like retweets and just going, all right, because it's like all he ever tweets is, uh, this is good cereal. <laughs> 9.30, y'all. Like, just, like, just like the most right. boring base, like uh, non-tweets, non-anything. Yeah. And you like you can just imagine that's how it is hanging out with him, where it's just you're hanging out. He's like, oh, man, 4.30. That is a lonely person. I just have to tell someone that it's the, that it, what time. I just yeah. have to tell someone what time it is. Yeah. Well, we're at the end of our uh, hour with you, Zachary Levi. Boo. But um, I'm so glad this Yay! finally worked out. Oh, dude, thanks Please for having me. come back on. I hope yeah. everything uh, works out. And, and and best of luck to you. Thanks, man. Fight, fighting the good fight, yeah, my man. friend. Well, fighting the good fight. Uh, we're, we're all in it together. And let's go kick some ass and change the world, you know. And 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 to do that, go to thenerdmachine.com. Nah. Excellent. That's, the my, that's my last ditch plug. Please, plug yeah. all you want. Yeah. This podcast is free. You can plug all you want. Yeah. Yeah. Joy of Marino. I'm going to turn off the CD machine now. Wait, 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 wait. Turn off the CD no, 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 machine. Don't, don't, don't. Holding off the machine. I just, Zach says All right, shut it do. off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. This episode is brought to you by the effortlessly scrumptious bite of Skinny Pop Popcorn. Imagine this. Perfectly popped, endlessly delicious kernels, a symphony of just three simple ingredients. Popcorn, sunflower oil, and a sprinkle of salt. No compromise, just pure snacking freedom. And hey, if you're up for a twist, dive into flavors like zesty white cheddar to sweet and salty kettle. Every bite's a delight, light and oh so tasty. Shop Skinny Pop now.